This is Danny's Garden, the podcast about disordered eating in you. We believe there is value in being proactive, which begins with incorporating preventative measures to help you in your recovery process. We are an international virtual disordered eating program dedicated to helping everyone who struggles with disordered eating behaviors worldwide. It's time to take back your life by being proactive towards your recovery. We will join you bi-weekly to discuss disordered eating, how it presents itself, and how to embrace recovery and develop a healthier relationship with food. You can learn more about Danny's Garden at www.dannysgarden.com. That's D-A-N-I-S-G-A-R-D-E-N.com. Hello, family and friends. I am Dr. Nicola, your podcast host for Danny's Garden. Welcome back. I am excited to be able to share with you some of our recent experiences as members of Danny's Garden. In January 2023, we had an opportunity to actually travel to Belize and conduct some research associated with food insecurities. One thing that we do realize that food insecurities are universal. It's not just based in one country or another. The United States does not have the big rain on us being able to, um, you know, understand that we're struggling in many different ways, um, struggling with the ability to purchase food, um, struggle with the availability of food. So we're going to talk about food insecurities, but in a very unique perspective, talking about how food insecurities in children can lead to disordered eating in adults. All right. So first, we wanted to go briefly over food insecurity. What is it? So the USDA defines food insecurity as a limited or uncertain availability of nutritionally adequate and safe foods. It even goes on to say that there is a limited or uncertain ability to acquire acceptable foods in socially acceptable ways. You know, and, and we break that down really to mean that there may not be food that's available that's going to be nutritious and healthy for our bodies or there's not going to be enough money to be able to purchase the food that we need that's going to be healthy and nutritious for our bodies. And people do different things. They ask for money for food. They work for food. Um, they steal food. They do whatever they need to be able to survive. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, just food insecurities. So just kind of strap in for a little bit and let's get to it. So there are, there are many components to understanding um, food insecurities and there's access to foods that we've briefly touched on, availability of foods. Um, and then when we talk about disordered eating leading into adulthood um, from struggling with food insecurity as a child, then we talk about stability. Um, and then Moving further on until about, you know, talking about whether or not food can be used appropriately. Um, you hear a lot about disordered eating and eating disorder, you know, having adequate food, having food that's appropriate for a meal. Um, people really trying to move away from saying junk foods, 
uh, foods that are not healthy to saying things that are more like having a balanced meal. I think, you know, these are all play on words. It just depends on how you want to say it. Um, we change words and how we uh, look at things over time, but it doesn't change how things are perceived. We can't get enough of food that's going to be good and healthy for our bodies, you know, just break it on down. So talking a little bit about uh, food insecurity and the availability of food. Um, so there may be some food available. You know, we know that sometimes we go to other countries or even in the United States, we go to different areas. We're trying to feed foods. We're trying to find the staples. We try to bring on potatoes and bread and rice and things that are going to fill our bellies um, and make the kids feel full. But we don't know if it's, you know, going to be the appropriate quality. It's going to be cooked in a certain manner that kids are going to enjoy the food uh, and make them want to have more. And that's one way we develop food insecurities. It's like, well, I don't really like uh, rice or I don't really like this bread because you've only had a certain type that was cooked in an inexpensive way just to be able to get the food to the child. But, you know, we're missing a very important component of is that food going to really nourish that body? It's going to feed the body so the body doesn't starve. But will it nourish the body in a healthy way? Like, is it doing enough to give the vitamins and nutrients that it needs to support the function of the heart, the lungs, the liver, the kidney, to make that digestive system work the way it's supposed to work? You know, is, is the right type of food available? Is the meal balanced, you know, for lack of a better term, is it? And if it isn't, it's like, what is it that the child is part of a family that can't get, you know, to food, appropriate, adequate, sustain the body, food enough for that child? Will that child grow into a young adult who just doesn't like food? You know, it's not that it, it didn't taste good and may have nourished our bodies, but we have to ask, like, how many times have, have we, you know, eaten a burger and fries and maybe a shake and said, "Woo, this is really nourishing our bodies. No, we say it really tastes good. Um, and so it is important for the availability of good quality food that tastes good. It doesn't mean it has to be gourmet food, but has it, you know, has to be something that's pleasant to the child. Um, so that child grows up to really enjoy food and, it, you know, really understand how it does nourish the bodies. So access to food. I mean, when we were in Belize, we got an opportunity to talk to a few people and have conversations with some clinicians, um, as well as go to the grocery store. We're actually there for three weeks. Um, and we noticed some similarities with some of the things that were stocked in the grocery store in Belize and some of the things that are stocked in the grocery stores in the United States. And what I mean by that is the cost of certain things, fruits and vegetables were at a higher cost than getting something frozen that could be warmed up in the microwave. And so if you don't have adequate finances to get the food that you feel is going to really nourish you, um, like fresh fruits and vegetables, then you may be apt to get just a frozen meal so you have so you have food and you have um, more 
than one meal or two meal or, or what some people might consider not even a complete meal with getting a piece of fruit. And so, you know, that's, you know, do we have access to food physically, right? Physically have access um, to food that is not only available, but um, economical, affordable, right? Um, And so we have to really look at that and determine, you know, do families have the resources, the financial resources, um, to be able to food to to feed their their families, um, as well as have enough for everyone in the family. So I noticed, you know, in going into the the grocery store in Belize, there were a significant amount of uh, items that were toiletries, like toilet paper and paper towels, uh, condiments, um, trash bags, things like that that you would need and excess of people buy in larger quantities. But there was not as much um, fresh fruits and vegetables available. There was fresh fruits and vegetables available, um, but there was not an abundance of it. And, you know, we don't know about supply and demand. If the grocery store isn't selling a lot of oranges, then maybe they're not getting a lot of oranges. Um, But for an individual baby to go to the store and have the food available and have the money to be able to purchase the food, there seemed to be um, a deficit in that area, for sure. Um, So going on a little bit more, um, just talking about for young people, children that are struggling with food insecurities, when these kids grow up to be adults and we are focusing on their... um, you know, inability to have access to food because it wasn't financially available. Um, And then food not physically being available or not enough food being physically available. How does it affect them as adults? Well, I mean, we can go through various areas of, of research and find that there's a lot of information out there about kids who are being, you know, feeling like they've been restricted, not really even consciously thinking about it, but they have, um, you know, the, the, the idea of wanting to eat more because the food is available and they're not knowing when it's not going to be available. Am I always going to be able to afford food now that I'm adult and I'm working? Uh, will it always be available? Um, and so we have people, adults, coming from food insecurity as children, um, overeating, night eating, binge eating. Um, and and what that means is overeating, like eating more than what they're actually hungry for, eating past the point of fullness, uh, waking up in the middle of the night, checking the fridge, there's still food I'm going to eat. Um, and it's not a conscious, you know, effort to to want to eat more food. It's just that, I don't know. Subconsciously, will the food still be there? I'm not sure. Uh, and so we're finding that uh, a lot of disordered eating from binge eating, night eating, and, and, um, and overeating is really um, producing itself, rearing its head, um, if I may, for adults who have struggled with that when they were children. 
And so it's it's very important that we are aware when we have a clinician, whether a therapist or a therapeutic coach or a physician working with someone who struggles with night eating or overeating or binge eating disorder, to be able to do, um, you know, conversations, to have conversations with uh, individuals and asking them about their past history and things that they've gone through um, and experiences they've had to help us understand the function of their disordered eating or the function of their eating disorder. Um, Because sometimes there's a function that's not about a body image, that's not about I want to be thinner, that's not about um, I can't control myself. It is because of some level of fear um, because of experiences um, they've had as children or childhood trauma, which we can uh, categorize food insecurities growing up with that um, as a traumatic event. And being able to help people grow and process that and learn the function um, of their behavior, of that behavior of wanting to um, overeat or, or eating past the point of fullness or getting up in the middle of the night uh, feeling like they're hungry even when they're not. Uh, and it might help us, you know, us understand what they're going through and them understanding what they're going through. And that's how we begin that that process of helping people grow and, you know, understand what they've been through, what other people have been through. And we help each other doing that um, by just paying attention and being observant and asking the right questions. So, you know, there's there are other areas of, of uh, food insecurities as children that carries over into adulthood. And um, and that's that's that night eating that comes up. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel like you're hungry. You want to get food. And it's like, am I financially stable enough to be able to purchase food and groceries like I did two weeks ago? Is there a problem? Um, we may have people that are at work and they're going above and beyond and nobody understands like, you know, they work so hard and they're really dedicated and you, you know, that's a really a positive thing, of course. But um, for some people, it might be wanting to ensure that they hold on to their position. And when we have situations in um, the United States, you know, for example, when things like COVID hit in all over the country, really all over the world, and COVID caused a lot of um, buildings um, that house food places or um, clothing places or any type of business to shut down because we were not able to go to those businesses for our own safety sake, right? When we were in Belize, there were a lot, a lot of talk of people sharing with us, like companies were thriving 20 years and then COVID hit and then they shut down. And so you have individuals who who are business owners who suffer food insecurities and now they're business owners, right? And they're very like sure and they've got good product and they're doing really well. Something like COVID hits, shuts them down. That triggers that thought. And then we go into uh, disordered eating or eating disorder behaviors. And um, it is important to tie these Things together because sometimes you know we don't think about uh, eating disorders or disordered eating. We don't think about how it impacts so many aspects of our lives, but it does. 
Um, and so just, you know, having this one conversation with this beautiful young woman who spoke about her family member who had a business and had been in business for about six years and doing very well and COVID hit. And this is a young person who uh, had struggled with food insecurity as a child and felt very confident. And when, you know, when they had to shut down um, those thoughts of, you know, wanting to overeat sometimes and not being sure and feeling, feeling triggered because they didn't have their business anymore, um, trying to figure out, am I going to be in the same situation that I was in as a child? Is this going to impact me, you know, to the point that I won't be able to uh, take care of myself and I won't be able to, um, you know, sustain my physical health? And they found it to be very emotionally draining very overwhelming um, and they struggled. Um, so it is it's very important um, that we are able to work with people who have those struggles and know that this is across all um, international areas. Um, we hope as Danny's garden to continue on with our international, um, traveling and be able to go to other countries as well. And, you know, we feel very blessed to have had an opportunity to spend some time in Belize and gather some research. We're working on writing some articles and getting some information out there that's more detailed. Uh, but I did want to take the opportunity to just talk about food insecurities and how food insecurities in children uh, can lead to uh, disordered eating and eating disorders in adults and how important it is for us to be empathetic towards others. We don't know their plight, their struggles, what they've gone through. Um, but just know that, you know, eating disorders, disorders eating is, has no bounds. They don't care. You know, it doesn't care about uh, nationality. It doesn't care about um, person having financial means. It is just touches everyone. And it's it's one of those disorders that's so strong and so negatively impacted because food is medicine and we need food in order to to live and to to thrive uh, in our everyday everyday life. Um, so it is something that we cannot, you know, ignore. Um, a little bit about food insecurities in the United States of America. I think it's very important that we do realize that it's not uh, countries that may not be as, you know, financially uh, able to do things as we are in the United States. Of course, we, you know, like so many things that we might not necessarily need. But so we work so hard for this this money to get us the things um, that we may not need, but there are many people in the United States who um, who do struggle, who have financial hardships, who did not have access to food as as children, um, and who grow up and still suffer from uh, binge eating disorder or overeating or night eating. Um, this is the, you know very similar uh, things, and so. It is important that we know that this is not 
you know, just, you know, in one country or another country or just in different countries. It's all over the world. And and, and that's one reason why Danny's Garden is, is an international program. We really want to be able to reach everyone. And uh, we do this podcast to to bring just regular everyday conversations about disordered eating and eating disorder um, and to bring knowledge to areas that we don't really think about uh, regarding food and how we eat and how our childhood may impact uh, us as adults um, and what we go through. Uh, It's very, very important um, to get that information out there to to spread the word. So I do want to say very excited about writing more about food insecurities. I'm excited to hear from any of our listeners out there. If you have a topic uh, about disordered eating or eating disorders that you want to share with Danny's Garden, or you want to be interviewed and have a conversation with me about your your plight or your uh, recovery or your struggle um, with eating disorders or disordered eating, please reach out to us. You can contact us at admin at dannysgarden.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at D-A-N-I-S-G-A-R-D-E-N.com. And we will be extremely happy to have a conversation with you. And if you have some information you want to share and you feel as though you just, you're the best person to share it and you've got it because you've got inside scoop, uh, please reach out and have a conversation with us. Looking forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much for listening to Danny's Garden Podcast. We are forever learning and growing using several therapeutic coaching techniques, including holistic, behavioral, and therapeutic to help you find your freedom from disordered eating. If you're still here, we want to thank you for sticking around with us to the end. We value you and your thoughts. If you have any topics associated with disordered eating you'd like to hear more about, just send us an email to admin at dannysgarden.com. You can review our website at www.dannysgarden.com. We are proud to be part of the Healer Circle for Project Heal and Platinum Sponsors for the Heartland IAEDP for 2023. Until next time, remember, you can do hard things.